My, my, my. Would you just look around at this crowd on Sunday night? The devil is a liar. We ain't quitters. We're fighters. He done messed up, woke up a sleeping giant. Things are going to turn around for our good because the Lord is on our side. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. It's good to be with you here tonight in the house of the Lord. I come to you tonight on an assignment. I don't believe I'll be very long. I'm here just to make sure that as long as you take this one point home with you tonight, I've kept my assignment and I've completed it. So if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open them up to Matthew's chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. If you would stand for the reading of the word, please. Just two quick scriptures here. This is Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples. Verse 3 says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when would these things be? And what would be the signs of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no one deceive you. And Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no one deceive you. I'm going to ask you, uh, Brother Chuck, if you would pray tonight, please. Amen. Well, before I begin tonight, I just want to tell you I brought you something. A bucket? Well, it's a bucket, but there's a little something different about this bucket. This bucket right here is full of truth. So I brought you a bucket full of truth tonight. And I'm here to unmask something to you. And to unmask the truth is to unmask something is to expose the hidden truth about something. And that's what I got in this bucket tonight for you is truth about something. And I'm going to reveal to you an attempt to plant in you Satan's strategy to conquer the world. How many knows he even has a strategy? That he is strategic. That he studies and he plots and he plans to conquer every single one of us. He's smart enough to come up with a great plan, church. But his real problem is he's dumb enough to believe he can succeed in doing it. Even with him knowing that Jesus has already overcome the world, even upon him hearing Jesus declaring, it is finished, Satan wants to, to counter God's plan using deceit. His strategy is, if he can keep you from knowing that he can't destroy you, then he can use fear to cause your heart to fail you. His problem is there is a restraining force keeping him from having victory, and it's called the church. But he's got a strategy for that, too. His only chance at success is if he can convince you Jesus can't save you from him. And I'm going to reveal what his strategy is to do that. I'm going to use a visual aid exercise to reveal his strategy to you. Because they say we remember what we see longer than what we hear. And I'm willing to do tonight whatever it takes to plant this in our minds. 
to the point it can be brought back to your remembrance daily to help us identify his footprints. And you've got to get this. I want you to participate. So if you would stand, please, with me. Here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, I'm going to show you three words, one at a time. And I ask that every time you see a word come on this screen, I'm going to ask you to say that word out loud. Speak the word. Now, before I show you, I want you to muster up three levels of volume in your voice. First time you see the word up there, use your normal voice and speak the first word. Then when the second word comes up, Say it a whole lot louder. Then when the third word comes up, I want you to shout it out loud. I want you to let the devil and every demon know that I'll, to hear you say, I know now your dirty little secret, and I'm shouting it to the world. I want him to, you to let him know that you're watching him. So let's practice something before we get there, though. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to say, Jesus. You ready? Let's try this. One, two, three. Jesus. Okay. It looks like we're about ready to go, Steve. All right. Well, all right. Here's going to come the first word. Remember, normal. You ready, Steve? Okay, here's going to come the second word, louder this time. Here's coming the third word, and scream it this time. Deception. That is the word I want to plant in your mind tonight. That is the strategy that Satan is going to use to conquer the world. You may be seated. I use this visual exercise, this word picture, because they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So if that's true, let's do some math. Then if you just read that three times, that means you actually just seen it and heard it read 3,000 times. Three pictures, each worth a thousand words, times three equals 3,000. It ought to be enough for you to get it in here. And if 100 of us, and I believe there's even more than that tonight, just saw it and said it 3,000 times and we spoke it, that means the demons just heard it said 300,000 times. Letting Satan know we know his plan and he hates it when they are exposed. They'd rather work suddenly behind the scenes undermining, infiltrating. They like to remain in a stealth mode. But sorry, devil, them days are over. Because God is warning and God is revealing your plots in an effort to protect his sheep from the wolf in sheep clothing. Deception's always been Satan's plan. It began in the garden with Eve. It's been very effective. It's been used to divide our nation. It's been used to divide our churches. It's been used to divide our homes. It's been used to divide us racially. Why does he want to divide us? Because he too knows the word of God. He knows that Jesus said, 
A divided house cannot stand. Stand what? Against the powers of darkness. Satan just puts us against one another, causing us to blame one another, causing us to quarrel with one another, and all he has to do is start the fight. Step back and watch and laugh, and we destroy each other over his lies. Deception's the plan. It's his strategy. Why do you think that there's at least 100 Bible verses referencing deception? I just want to read a couple for you. 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see where they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Colossians 2 and 8, See that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. In Galatians 6, 7, be, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. There is such a desire for answers in all of this chaos, in all of this uncertainty, when things appear to be getting worse and not better. Therefore, people are so vulnerable to the many voices claiming to know the answer and offering solutions, opinions, and suggestions. The truth is, some do have the answers. There are going to be prophetic voices that God's going to use in these last days. But beware of what Jesus said, though, in Matthews 24 and 11. He said, in the last days, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. People are so vulnerable right now, just listening to whoever, whatever, and so quick to repeat whatever to whoever, especially if they're on TV or social media or have a celebrity status, carry a certain ministerial title or position, have a doctorate degree, yet we are warned by Jesus in Scripture to beware of wolves in sheep clothing. So many voices, how are you going to know who's right and who's wrong? You're not, unless you have a spirit of discernment, and that takes having a knowledge of the Word of God. Everybody has an opinion, both good and bad at times. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. And opinions of view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge, but a truth must be doctrinally sound and based upon fact. And to pass the sniff test, it can't contradict the Word of God. The Bible says in the last days, even the very elect will be deceived. So I'm pleading to folks that I'm given the privilege to speak to, if you don't believe anything else I have to say, believe this. These are the days of deception on steroids. I'm exposing the enemy's plans, his schemes, and his strategies. We're all sitting currently more delirious about the times we're living in than ever. That's, so why, that's why so many are being swayed by every wind and wave of doctrine. They're being tossed to and fro. When you're going to have to be like a tree planted by the water and declare, I shall not be moved. You're going to have to have some deep spiritual roots to stay planted firmly in these times. And your doctrinal roots will be the key to whether or not you can stand. They will be your firm foundation. You've got to have spiritual roots. You can't decipher these times with shallow faith. You cannot stand against the wiles of the enemy without the full armor of God. That's why it cannot be stressed enough the importance of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you're saved, you have God. When you're baptized by the Spirit, He has you. And it will give you the spiritual power over spiritual deception. You'll see things differently. 
You'll react to things differently. You'll have a keen awareness of the things of the spirit. When the spiritual atmosphere changes, your spirit acts as a barometer and measures the pressure in the atmosphere. And your spirit will bear witness of what is of God, and your spirit will declare when evil is present. And you'll not be deceived by the lies of the enemy. We declare that every week in our declaration that we will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy. But it's only a statement, though, if it's not reinforced by spiritual belief and practice. Satan's not afraid of what you say as much as he is by what you do. It's when you become a doer of the word, he gets scared of you. James said, faith without works is dead. When you are empowered by the Holy Ghost, you will possess the anointing it takes to make the correct judgment of the things of the spirit world. You'll be able to test the spirits to see if they are of God. So many people are spiritually confused because they've listened to so many voices and opinions, often not based upon facts, often out of hearsay and opinions alone. They have listened to this one, and they have listened to that one. They've listened to this denomination and that one, and this family member and that one, because they themselves have not ever been a student of the word. You need to hear the preached word, but you yourself also need to read the word to know what you hear preached is true. I'm telling you, the times are here. The apostle Paul warned of these days in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Now, preachers have preached for years perilous times would come. Well, they are gradually arriving. Why did they preach that? Because it said they would come in the word of God. And to endure in faith to the end, to receive the reward of life promised to those who remain faithful, you better get a spiritual hunger and appetite for the Word of God. It's time to taste and see that the Lord is good. In the days ahead, the Word of God is going to be as important to you as much as food is to your life to survive in these times. And the test we're facing now will prepare us for what's not afar off anymore, church. Sadly, though, discipleship is dying. And as a result, so is our faith. We read Facebook daily for some hourly, but never one passage of Scripture or even open a Bible for X amount of days. I'll let you fill in the blank how long it's been for you. And we wonder why we don't know what's going on or what to do in times like these. In these times, we've got to be doers of the Word and do what it says and become discipled. Young parents, you better get your children started now. Because in the days to come, they're going to need, know, need to know how to do more than just play soccer, hit a baseball, and how to put on makeup. They're going to have to know how to pray and the power of their prayers and be taught where their help comes from and be taught how to fight their battles. They must be taught how to put on the whole armor of God to protect them against the wiles of the enemy. Because the enemy is turning up the heat. Because the hour of deliverance is at hand. It's just like in the days of the Israelites who were in Egyptian bondage. Pharaoh held them captive as slaves, held them bondage for 430 years. As their slave master, 
he began to sense something was rising up in the Israelite slaves. Something was beginning to be different in the atmosphere. He sensed a deliverer was coming soon. And the Israelites in their bondage began to cry out to God to come and set them free. God heard their cries. And he sent to them a deliverer named Moses to plead with Pharaoh for their freedom. Pharaoh, afraid of an uprising, he turned up the heat on the slaves. He made them work harder and longer to keep them occupied and keep them fatigued, under stress. He doubled their workload. Anybody relate to this today? It was an effort to break them and keep them under control. He felt it would quell the resistance. But Moses wasn't just a man pleading for their freedom. He was a man sent by God with the authority and the power to face Pharaoh face to face. And as a result, when he demanded to Pharaoh, let my people go, Pharaoh had to submit to the authority, not of a man, but of God. This time, folks, it's not a Pharaoh and Moses battle. God's people have been crying out for years for God to deliver us from the hands of Satan. And God's fixing to answer. This time our deliverer is not going to be just a man sent by God. This time our deliverer is going to be Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Yeah. Hallelujah. And this time he's not coming to face a man. He's going to face Satan himself and declare, let my people go. So what is Satan doing now? He's doing what he taught Pharaoh to do. He knows something's moving. He knows something's changing. Something's indifferent in the atmosphere of God's people. He knows the deliverer's coming and he's coming soon. So he's turning up the heat on God's people before he arrives to call his home. Folks, all this stress and worry and chaos that seems to be so unbearable at times is a sure sign Jesus is about to return. Satan knows his days are numbered, and he's coming at us with everything he's got. He's got a strategy. I revealed it. It's deception. Now, as I told you earlier, he's smart enough to put it together, and he's dumb enough to think it's going to work. Sadly, though, it will work against many because remember what I read Jesus said? In the last days, many will be deceived. You know what else he said? What happened in the last days? Matthews 24 and 5. Let me encourage you today to read the whole chapter of Matthews 24 when you have time. It's one of the most relevant passages for today. It's when disciples asked Jesus, what will be the signs of your coming at the end of this age? Do you know what his first reply was to that question? His first reply was, take heed that no one deceive you. Now, when he says take heed, he means pay attention. Here's one of the several signs he speaks of in Matthews 24 and 5. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah and will deceive many. He said in the last days, many will come in my name claiming to be me. Get ready, church. You think you've heard it all? Wait till you start seeing and hearing this happen. You said, well, I would never fall for that. Maybe you won't. But some will. Matter of fact, Jesus said many will be deceived. I'm here to tell you the deception he is using is making many people become delusional in their thinking. Who in, who in here don't feel like this world isn't going crazy? Anyone with any sense of spirituality feels that way. Who in here don't think people aren't losing their minds? I mean, some of the things coming out of people is astounding. 
the things that they believe, the heresy, the most absurd things that never would have been accepted by the society of our forefathers are now not only acceptable, but even laws have been passed to protect the madness. Give me a moment right here. Legalized abortions. Legalized gay marriage. Legalized pot shops. Legalized sanctuary cities. And now, God forbid, legalized pedophilia. It's happening day by day, hour by hour. Abhorrent, immoral practices are tunneling through our nation and through the halls of Congress and are even being legalized. By whom? Delusional people. People are becoming delusional. I hear it all the time. What's wrong with people? Here you go. The truth is they are delusional. I stand amazed at the people who can, who can believe this stuff is all right. Do you know how many babies are being aborted on this Sunday and any other given day? Stats say an average of 3,000. And if it wasn't bad enough, now in some states you can abort him or her even after birth. We're becoming delusional because we've been deceived by our enemy. And let me go ahead and say this while I'm here. <coughs> we just voted in probably the most important election in our history for the next leaders of this very volatile nation. I'm just going to share some truth with you. This just happens to be in my bucket of truth I brought you. Say what you may, the church... God is pro-life. And we got one candidate who is and one who isn't. I can get past character flaws. Jesus did. Peter denied him and cursed him, but Jesus still died for him, and as a result, he was saved. But I can't get past someone who believes it's all right to abort a human being, a baby in a mother's womb. And even now, in some states, after birth, give them, <clears throat> excuse me, and in some states, after birth, they can still be aborted. And I cannot give them my support, and I cannot vote for them. Oh, but he has a better health care plan. I wish these babies had a better health care plan. <laughs> and it's so shocking, no big deal to so many. While that scared teenage child was deceived into believing it was the right thing to do at the time. Only for five years later, come to realize it was the greatest mistake of her life. And she just wants her baby back. So she spends the rest of her life in shame and guilt and condemnation. She was deceived. And we are becoming so desensitized. I'm not going to stay here, but social injustices have brought God's judgment on nations more times than not. Read the book of Amos about the basket of summer fruit. You're being political. No, I'm not. I'm just being courageous enough to stand up for those silent voices and declare truth. America, we have politicians who have blood on their hands. And many people have helped enable their plans by their contributions and their votes. Our world is becoming delusional. Now, I keep saying that. Now it's time to let you know what that really means to be Delusional. To be delusional means for you to be unshaken in your belief of something that's untrue. I'm going to say it again. For you to be unshaken in your belief of something that is untrue. 
How many know someone like that? Don't say it will never happen to me. To me, take heed lest you fall. Remember, Jesus said, take heed. Pay attention. Church, we have had false prophets infiltrate our land, lead groups of people to drink cyanide Kool-Aid, and that wasn't that many years ago. How many of you, know, you lifelong Pentecostals have heard of a man named Smith Wigglesworth? He was a phenomenal man of God in years past. He prophesied by the end of the age, beastology would arise. Can you even fathom that? There's over 100 Bible verses about being deceived, about deception, the power of it, the father of it, the destruction of it, the plan of it, and the warnings about it. And Satan is the author of deception. <clears throat> There's no secret who Satan is. God makes it clear he's our adversary. He's the enemy of righteousness. His agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy. He's the father of all lies. Lying, folks, is a serious sin but widely chosen. It's a form of deception. Serious to the degree, to the degree no liar will make it to heaven. So if he is the father of lies, then his ultimate plan is to use deception to deceive you. To deceive someone, you must lie to them or tell them a false truth. Deception is the act of deceiving someone. And Satan's main objective is to deceive you and make you delusional. Because delusional is what? It's to become unshaken in your belief in something that's not true. In other words, nobody can convince you otherwise. And it leads you to believing a lie and being damned. To the point you believe, start to believe things like, there's many ways to heaven. There's many gods. Homosexuality is not sinful. You believe God is not real. You believe hell is not real. You're deceived to believe that what isn't true so that untruth can be used to destroy you or someone. But child of God, take heed. Samson was a powerful man of God. Satan wanted to destroy him. So through a strategic act of deception, he used a little lady named Delilah to deceive Samson, which led to his fall. Let me share some more truth. In 2019, Jared Wilson was a prominent man of God who pastored a mega church in California. He also was a strong advocate for mental health. He spent countless hours pouring into people's lives who were struggling with the illness. He was a powerful man of God, but Satan wanted to destroy him. He had helped hundreds from doing the unreversible act of suicide because they had been deceived to believe they had no hope. Yet Satan, through a plan of deception as well, led Pastor Jared, the man who helped so many others to find hope, led him to believe when he himself faced some very burdensome challenges in his own life, he couldn't believe in hope for himself. And unbelievably, he committed suicide, leaving behind a wife and children at the age of 30. Sometimes people may think that as pastors or spiritual leaders, we're somehow above the pain and struggles of everyday life. We're the ones who are supposed to have it all the answers, but too often we don't. So regardless who you are, take heed that no one deceives you. Our world's in chaos. We're divided like never before. In and out of the church ought not to be. It's Satan's plan to divide and conquer He's using his deception to put sons against their fathers, 
brothers against their brothers, black against white, poor against rich, political party against political party, denomination against denomination. These are signs of the time. Jesus said this in Luke 12. He said they will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Then Jesus says, hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? How is it so many people, upon seeing what we're seeing and hearing what we're hearing, can't understand how to interpret this present time. We have fallen for his deception more than most of us think or would admit. And we have fallen hook, line, and sinker. Jesus said it would happen. Satan has truly divided our country by deceiving us to believe that we're fighting against flesh and blood. Fighting and blaming each other leading to hating one another. When the truth is, Jesus made it clear in his word for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said the real fight is with principalities and powers and rules of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. We are fighting the wrong fight. We are believing an untruth. Because many are becoming delusional by the deception and the lies of our enemies. In an attempt to get us to believe them to the point, we'll be damned and miss eternity in heaven. Church, over a disagreement over unforgiveness, over hatred or bitterness towards someone, over a grudge, over religion. Satan has come to destroy the world, but church, we are not of the world. As the body of Christ, we are just simply in the world. We are Satan's worst nightmare because our minds have been renewed by the Spirit of God. And the only way he can take us out is to deceive you Guard your hearts and your minds. And as believers, we should be able to overcome the world when we start doing as we are commanded, such as love our neighbors as ourselves. It's going to be very important in these last days. As lawlessness increases because of the division Satan has caused in the world with his deception, Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 12, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Speaking again of a sign of the last days before his coming, the next thing to happen, if we don't awaken ourselves out of our sleep and slumber and shake ourselves, Jesus said in Luke 21, 26, men's hearts would fail them for fear. 2 Timothy 1 says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Before there can be a great awakening, there has to be a rude awakening. And truth must be preached in the streets of this nation or will never pierce the darkness of this world. There's coming a great awakening to this nation that's going to literally shake this nation. A spiritual earthquake is coming. And the shaking will move the blinders off so many who have been deceived because the truth of God will literally be revealed in the streets of this great nation. The greatest threat to the body of Christ is the lack of discernment. So many times we fall for things we never should have because we were deceived 
we believed something that wasn't true. And if we'll be honest, we all have. He told me he wasn't married. He told me he loved me. She said she had changed. He told me if I'd best $5,000, I'd become wealthy, snared, unaware of the danger you were in, of what lied ahead. Kind of like a hunter in the woods on a nice spring morning, little did he know someone had set a bear trap, and immediately you were caught. And we step in traps every day the enemy has laid for us. Young people, I know you're all 13 and you're going on 18 tomorrow. You believe you're mature enough, but the truth is, in your youthful state, you're very vulnerable to the lies and deception. Everything looks greener on the other side. But there are lies that will deceive you, that will wound you, and that will destroy God's plan for your life. Young people, take heed. Saints, I know we all think we're spiritual giants, but take heed. It's being revealed on national TV, every social media site, the depth of corruption that's in our government, the highest office of our nation. But it's also exposing the corruption of our nation. But not only of our nation, but also the corruption in the hearts of people. Deceptions on the rise. The spirits of the Antichrist are in full operation. Pay attention. And now as I close, my assignment was to impart into you a great understanding of these two truths. Satan is a deceiver. His strategy is deception. He's a father of lies. But Jesus is Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's time to reflect and ask yourself, honestly, am I being deceived? Do I really know the truth? I, too, like many of you, I feel in my flesh the pressure, the heat of this chaotic society. My burdens, too, have doubled. I feel the weightiness. Like many of you, I've been threatened, lied on, rejected, cast down. But also, at the same time, though, I also sense, though, in my spirit, something's happening in the atmosphere. I know this season because God has revealed it to me in his word. And because I've read his word, I can interpret this present time. I know what's true and what's not. I know what I feel in the depth of my soul. My spirit is real and of God. I feel the comfort of God in my troubles and fears. I feel that peace that surpasses all understanding. I know the truth that God will never leave me nor forsake me. I know that he's for me and he's not against me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I know that in the last days, perilous times will come. But God's got a plan to counter Satan's attack. And that is in the last days, he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And I'm praying, I'm saying, oh God, pour it out on me. I'm so hungry for a mighty move of God. Come on, anybody else feeling this? I feel it because I truly believe it. His truth set me free from the bondage. Come on, I know somebody's really feeling it too. I know Satan is. He feels the atmosphere changing too. He senses a stirring of God's people. He senses an uprising. And he's given us all he's got. But hold on, church, a little longer. Help is on the way.
And our help doesn't come from a man. Our help, help comes from the hills of glory, from the glorious soon-coming king who's able to keep that which we committed until that day. We've got to start seeking God. He's our answer. Would you stand with me?